Hello, and welcome to Critical Connections, a podcast from the BUILD Initiative. I'm Karen Ponder. This series focuses on the importance of strong state and community connections for developing equitable early childhood systems. You'll hear about key ingredients needed to build and sustain this work, and you'll also hear some lessons learned from some of the early developers. Today we're talking about Oregon's early childhood statewide system and highlighting its state and local partnerships. Oregon's early childhood system took a turn in around 2013 from its inclusion as part of the birth to 21 system. Two state agencies were designated as lead agencies, one to focus on youth and the other on prenatal to five. Prenatal to five became the responsibility of the early learning division within the Oregon Department of Education. A new approach within the early learning division was the development of the early learning hub system, a network of regional local coalitions that covered the state. One of their key features was their grassroots formation. They came together locally and then applied to become the regional early learning hub. I've heard their system described sometimes as a tight, loose model, which just means that the state has developed three high-level overarching goals for the statewide early learning system and a framework that goes with that, which is based on a collective impact model. How hubs get there is open to local design, local data, and local issues and needs. Joining me today for this conversation are two seasoned leaders from Oregon. I'm delighted to welcome Denise Swanson. She is the Early Learning Hub Manager in the Early Learning Division. Denise has been involved in the development and the ongoing support of the Early Learning Hubs across Oregon. Welcome, Denise. Thank you, Karen. And also joining us is Christy Collins. Christy is the Early Learning Hub Director in Lynn, Benton, and Lincoln counties that includes the Confederated Tribes of the Siletz Indians. She is based in Albany, Oregon, and she moved to Oregon to serve as the first hub director for this region. She has more than 20 years experience working in early childhood education. Thanks, Christy, for joining us today. Thank you for having me. Denise, I know that you have been a part of the change that has happened in Oregon to build a stronger statewide early learning system. What brought you to this work? Well, Karen, my career was really focused on relationship building and collaboration in service to local communities across Oregon. Previously, I had been working on the statewide rollout of 211, which I'm sure many folks are familiar with because it is a national program. And a lot of my volunteer work had also been with our previous Children and Families Commission system. So as I knew that the new Early Learning Division and the hub system was forming, I just felt like I had to be a part of helping stand up those hubs across the state. And aren't we glad you did, Denise? Christy, I'll turn to you. What about your work with the communities in your region brings you the most joy and satisfaction as you settled into this work? Well, when I came into this role, one of the things I noticed right away was the commitment from our local partners and the board members uh, to provide the best services possible for children and families. I 
kept saying early on that this is new, the honeymoon period will wear off. And it's been the opposite. I'm pleasantly surprised by that. And the fact that we have new and more partners constantly wanting to join the table and be involved in this work. So I'm just curious what you think brings and keeps board members involved. First and foremost, I think they believe in the work. I also think that they can see that this isn't about the success of any one program or sector, that we're really focusing on changing systems that impact children and families. And for that to be successful, all of our family serving systems need to be involved. Today, we want to learn more about your early learning system and just what makes it unique. From the state level, Denise, what what are some of the features that you would point to that really made this work on behalf of young children and their families different from earlier approaches? Well, Karen, as you mentioned before, we broke into two different agencies, one that was more focused on youth services, and then one that was really focused on prenatal to age five, which was the early learning division, and then the early learning hub system that was set up to be the local arm of that. And so with that, our legislature mandated that there would be 16 early learning hubs across our state. They would be regional and they would have governance structures that would be made up of local sector partners. And as part of that uh, tight, loose model, we'll talk a lot about that today. The tight part was they said, these are required sector partners that have to sit at that governance table. And those included business, K-12, early care and education, and health and human services, as well as whatever local partners hubs wanted to have as well. And then the job of governance is really to use data to develop strategies, activities, and investments, and then drive the goals of the system, which are really about kindergarten readiness, aligned, coordinated, and family-centered systems, and stable and attached families, which we know are all things um, that are important to success. And I think it's important to note that we very specifically used a collective impact lens in developing our system. So we also wanted a backbone entity to um, kind of be the umbrella of the hub and to oversee the local governance. And that all really focuses in on what's the voice of the community. And we put in a piece about we wanted parent engagement and parents to be heavily involved in the governance and the decision making piece. And also at the center of all of this, a strong equity lens. Well, these are big and revolutionary changes to both expand your work and then to work directly with local communities in a collective impact model. Christy, what was different about Oregon's approach as opposed to earlier efforts there? And did it affect local communities' work in a different way on behalf of young children? One of the things I noticed early on was the early learning divisions work to intentionally co-design this model with their early learning hubs. They used what we were experiencing at the local level to make changes and then course correct at the state level. As hub directors, we've often been asked to serve on work groups or committees along with state leadership. And the outcomes or recommendations that come out of those work groups oftentimes have a direct impact on the work that we're doing at the local level. Since you've both been involved from the beginning of your state and local partnership work, I'm curious what were some of the things you noticed along the way as both the work first begun, and then as it has continued. 
One thing that I noticed was that as early learning hubs, we're not direct service providers. We've been tasked with being conveners and developing collaborative relationships at the local level. We target our investments into the communities we serve to the providers who are already doing the great work or maybe have the ability to expand their work. And this role and relationship have been critical in us being seen as trusted conveners, not as competition for funding with our partners. We're able to set the table and invite our community partners to join us as a collective of partners that get to determine how to implement the state vision at the local level. I'm so glad you're reminding us that your organization doesn't deliver direct services. I've really been thinking a lot about this recently, and I'm pretty sure that delivering services and vying for grants and other funds gets in the way of being equal partners around your table. So being able to convene a table of equals seems to be the key to successful, at least the beginning of successful early childhood partnerships, a table where big early childhood goals are discussed and where all the challenges and opportunities related to young children and their families can be brought to one table. Denise, what have you noticed along the way? Well, I think that one of the main things we noticed is that quality of relationship locally really drove those levels of engagement. So particularly in our smaller and rural communities where there was already a lot of strong relationships in place, they were able to align the work much more quickly than in other regions. And because we had moved from a 36-county system to 16 early learning hubs, you had, in some places, not a lot of relationship existing across the system. So that was a piece that we needed to start working on is how do we drive those relationships more strongly and how do we help make that happen at the statewide level as well. We've all found that early childhood systems building takes time and is a developmental process. It is impossible to get everything right from the start, regardless of how hard you're working. So how did you address some of the things you were seeing and learning along the way? You know, this is a start and stop. It's a do something, thinking it's a great idea, and then discovering later it didn't work so well. We have to be able to make mistakes and fix them. But how did you address things you were seeing and learning at the state and community levels? Yes, Karen. So one of the things, as we said earlier, is that our local relationships really drove the success of the work. Um, so our monitoring early on was focused on that goal one of aligned, coordinated, family-centered systems. And a finding that we had was that we really had various degrees of success around the cross-sector relationships. What we discovered is that we were missing alignment and buy-in at the state uh, leadership level across those sectors And we need to fix that. So, for instance, if the Department of Human Services local person wasn't really on board or didn't have a passion around early learning, it was hard to get them at the table. Our early learning council really took a focus on having uh, members from the state agencies come on to the council and help drive that um, work as well. Also, our early metrics were also focused on the work of sector partners and not necessarily the work of the hub. And data collection and a lack of a data system has made that part really difficult. So our metrics piece has been constantly in flux and a piece that we need to work towards. Um, We started to go towards looking more at touchstones and indicators of success, 
um, rather than that strong focus that was outside of the hub's nexus of control. So that is a piece that we continually are working towards is the metrics. Christy, do you want to add something to that? One of the things that I noticed in our region is that we made a commitment to being data-driven very early on in this process, even before I came on board as the hub director as part of our application. And this data focus ultimately led to our board making investments into data analysis through epidemiology interns from Oregon State University. And we're very fortunate that we have their campus and a relationship with them right in our region. This investment has helped us to use an equity lens for targeting investments and to guide questions about what's missing from the data and who's not at the table for these conversations. So it sounds like as you learn more, you adjusted your strategies. In some cases, you got new strategies to reach the statewide goals. Can you tell us a little bit about that evolution, Denise? Yes. So the Early Learning Council ended up leading a year-long statewide early learning strategic planning process that resulted in our plan, which is called Raise Up Oregon. And in that plan, it included the heads of the state agencies of DHS, K-12, et cetera, and then other partners like philanthropy and business. And the plan clearly articulates that it's a statewide plan, not not only an early learning division plan. And it's very supported by our governor, which I think is a huge piece of getting our state agencies to the table as well. And then additionally, the council was redesigned to include the heads of those state agencies and also local early childhood systems who have responsibilities within the plan itself. So I think that is a, a huge change that we've made. And as you know, we mentioned before, our regional early learning hubs are really the local arm of the statewide early learning system working cohesively to bring those strategies of Raise Up Oregon to fruition. What was really exciting about that was that Raise Up Oregon helps to ground us in statewide shared strategies, helps us to look at how we're going to develop statewide shared measurements, and then hopefully shared investment from some of those other sector partners, which, as you know, we've seen at the local level um, in pockets. Um, And I know Christy will probably talk to us a little bit about that, but we'd love to see that at the statewide level as well. And then our next inception is really working on that shared measurement system and uh, metrics that makes sense for the system. So Christy, will you give us a local example of how some of this works? We have a program in our region called Polywog, and it was created out of a need that we learned about from our local hospitals. And because of this need, we saw an opportunity to align prenatal education with parenting education and early learning supports. We received funding from our regional coordinated care organization, uh, that shared funding model Denise was talking about. And through that, we created Polywog as a closed loop referral system that begins working with families prenatally to connect them to as many services and supports that their family may need that are available in our region. We've had this program on operation for several years now, and our early results are showing a 75% increase in enrollment in parenting education in our pilot community. We actually had to add in some additional class offerings because of the demand. Our Oregon Department of Human Services family coaches in our region are now using Polywog for their referrals to the social service providers and 
we're in the process of having this model funded as a billable service through our coordinated care organization. The Early Learning Division recently completed a new theory of change for early learning hubs, and the development of our Polywog program is a perfect example of what that theory of change looks like in action. The theory of change helps to clarify our work in a way that shows system development and a change that will drive us towards clearer metrics. That's been a huge challenge, as Denise talked about. And as a system, we want to get to a place where we can talk about and share data related to the outcome of our work, not just the number served. We're not there yet, but it feels like we're moving in the right direction. I would say you definitely are. I think those are impressive results for your parenting programs to get that many more people involved. It's quite impressive. There's so much work and many adjustments are required to build equitable approaches and serve all children well. So as you look back at this point, what would you say are some of the greatest successes you've seen in your communities and the state due to the hub system? Christy, how about at the community level? What stands out for you? The biggest thing is that families are telling us that services are easier to access due to those collaborative efforts like Polywog. That's huge in what we're here for. I've also noticed better alignment with our early learning programs and our K-12 partners that include shared professional development opportunities for those early learning providers and the early grade teachers. Uh, They're starting to invest in staff to focus on transition to kindergarten. And we've even had some shared development of preschools in some of our rural school districts that had no early learning services available for families. And our school district recognized for this to happen and really be sustainable in their community communities, the district would need to take it on, but they didn't have the capacity or the expertise in starting up an early learning program. And so it was really done as a collaborative effort between the hub and early learning partners and the local school district. We've seen better alignment with healthcare. Our coordinated care organizations now have a kindergarten readiness metric, and that was something that really wasn't on their radar before. At the local level, our businesses are starting to recognize that the childcare issues that we're all seeing across the country are a workforce issue for them and starting to see some investments from local businesses into helping grow the childcare supply. And some of that early work has the potential for replication. So we're really excited about that. And finally, Oregon Health Authority and the state of Oregon recently adopted Family Connects as an initiative for all children being born in Oregon to have the opportunity to have a home visit from a nurse, a public health nurse. We're an early adopter for this initiative. It's not available everywhere yet, but the application to be an early adopter was only open to public health or early learning hubs. And our public health departments ask us to take the lead on that application uh, for Family Connects with Oregon Health Authority because of the work that we were doing with Polywog and that system development at the, the regional level. 
Christy, this is such important work in building a system. I just I just love hearing the many different ways you're affecting the overall early childhood system with all the system partners that, I mean, if we look back just a few years, we didn't play well together. And so it's just, it's really heartening to know that you're making this kind of progress in a, actually a fairly short period of time. So thanks for all your efforts in this arena. Denise, besides the successes that Chrissy's mentioned, how about from the state's perspective? What, what do you see there? I think we're seeing a lot of success around alignment and the breaking down of silos across those sectors. As we all know, one of the greatest challenges is getting everyone pointed in the same direction, particularly because our field is often so resource scarce. So it's just hard to get everybody aligned. And I think that we've made a lot of success. We still have a long ways to go there, um, but we have made progress. But I think one of the most important aspects of the work um, that we've done is really having our communities um, utilize a strong equity lens. So one of the things that we did was um, early on in the work, we invested in year-long training for all of our hub leaders that was focused on leading with racial equity. We intentionally built equity requirements into all of our contracts with the hubs, um, and they were required to do things like doing an organizational assessment um, that looked at what are your hiring practices? Are you translating materials? um, And are your investments focused on priority populations? We also require that they do annual equity trainings um, of the staff. Um, And it's been really successful for us because um, the hubs just took the requirements, um, took care of doing that, but they just went above and beyond. And now um, in all the hub regions, the governance councils generally have um, a, a subcommittee that's an equity subcommittee that really focuses on um, assuring that equity is in all of the work. In some communities, they have um, entire communities of practices and trainings in all of um, their regions around equity. So I think that um, the thing that I would say I'm so proud of is the work that we've done in, in equity. And I would, you know, bragging wise, I think we're probably one of the state agencies that's the furthest ahead on it. Not everyone would probably agree, but that's what I think. <laughs> I love that example of what you call the tight, loose model, because you the state can set the goals, the big goals, but it's what happens in the community that changes things for children and families. And so, um, Christy and her colleagues who are doing this all across the state of Oregon. It's just phenomenal work. And I know it's just thrilling for you all to see your results day in and day out. So, Denise, in addition to your important equity work and approach, tell us a little bit about your investment strategies. How are you sustaining this work? Well, it's been an incredibly exciting couple of years for us with continued investments in the hub system. We've been expanding into publicly funding preschool um, called Preschool Promise, and that's been expanding every year. This year, we passed new legislation called the Student Success Act, which created an account for early learning. And that's really allowed us to operationalize a lot of the strategies and raise up Oregon and has helped us to work towards our goals around preschool uh, and um, child care. In the metro area, um, we've had success with Preschool for All is the name of their initiative, which is now being duplicated in other metro counties. Um, And so hopefully that will move across the state. So that's been really um, an exciting um, thing to happen for us. 
And then uh, the other piece is really looking at the work of the hubs as our community conveners. And we're trying to move some of our investments into giving them more money to really take that role of community planning where they're doing assessment um, and helping um, to align the systems um, towards our goals. So, Christy, besides those statewide investments, I'm wondering if you raise any county government money. We've, in my state, have gotten more into that recently, and we've been doing this for a long time. So it does take time and a lot of building relationships and such, and it takes money and a budget, of course. But are you doing that, or are you raising private money to expand your services? I'm just curious where you are in your process with that. Well, as I mentioned earlier, we receive funding through our coordinated care organization for our Polywog program, and that has helped to have the staff that are needed to implement and keep that model going. We also receive funds from the Oregon Health Authority through the Family Connects Early Adopter Model for a Community Alignment Specialist. And while that position is specific for Family Connects, because the model is embedded into Polywog, it actually benefits both programs. And then we've received a handful of other private grants from private philanthropy. One of the things I would say is really important to think about here, though, is that the money that comes into our community doesn't always need to come directly to the early learning hub. Sometimes it's through our partners for our shared work. So that uh, school district that I mentioned earlier that took on starting a preschool Uh, where there were no early learning services available in the community, we worked very closely with that school district and helped them secure private philanthropy funds for the building of the preschool, uh, all the startup cost, and the first year of operation. Uh, All of that was 100% covered through private philanthropy. That's impressive. You know, this is another great example, Christy, of what I was talking about and what you were talking about when you mentioned that you don't deliver direct services. If you did, you would be vying for the money to put these efforts in your office as opposed to being money that goes to partners for doing what they do best. As you both plan, developed, and helped to evolve your work, I'm sure you think and dream about what will take you to the next level of success. I think we're always thinking about what's next. If you could wave a magic wand, Christy, what would that be for you? A statewide shared data system. Uh, You've heard us talk about how metrics are challenging and measuring outcomes. uh, And that's really due to the lack of a shared data system for early learning data. It's been a huge barrier that we haven't been able to overcome yet. We are making progress and some hubs like myself have made investments into our own regional systems for data collection, but that doesn't tell the story of our work statewide or get us to shared measurements. And if I were really waving that magic wand, our shared data system would link to K-12 so that it would allow for true cradle to career alignment. What a dream. It seems like it shouldn't be as hard as it seems to be for people to really get all that done. I know it's complicated and it's expensive and it takes a lot of cooperation and uh, working together on it, but I hope you'll keep 
pushing that dream because that dream would make a huge difference and especially how you understand the work statewide. Denise, what do you think? Well, of course, I agree wholeheartedly with Christy on the need for a statewide data system and shared measurement. And I, I do feel like we're finally starting to make some some progress on that. So we'll see when we talk in a couple of years, Karen, how that's going um, for us. But um, I think my magic wand is really um, expanding our governance structures to have more parent leadership that's directly from the communities that they're serving. So um, this is a piece that um, we have built into the model early on. Um, but as I'm sure, you know, we're all aware, it's just, it's a hard lift for communities um, and it takes a lot of work and it takes dedicated um, personnel. So that's the piece that we really want to achieve in the next couple of years is really having um, a lot stronger um, level of leadership on the governance councils. And we have varying degrees of success um, on that throughout the system, but um, we've built in to our own technical assistance um, and funding over the next couple of years to help make every hub successful with that piece. That's awesome. You both have big, big, audacious goals, and I'll be watching you. Building an equitable, statewide, comprehensive early learning system requires strong partnerships at the state level and at the local level. And it requires leaders like the two of you, Denise and Christy, who are committed to the hard and sometimes unpredictable work that is required. I'm very confident that children and families are better off in Oregon because of your work. So thank you both for sharing your learnings with us today. Thank you, Karen. It was a pleasure to be here with you. Yes, thank you. Thanks for joining us for this episode. Please leave a review and rate us on Apple Podcasts. It helps other people find us. You can follow us there or anywhere you listen to podcasts. Critical Connections is a podcast from the BUILD Initiative. It is produced by LWC. Kojin Tashiro is our producer and sound designer, and Jen Chien is our editor. BUILD Initiative is a national organization that is a catalyst for change, and it supports state leaders to develop equitable early childhood systems. BUILD assists state leaders from both the private and public sectors as they work to set policies, offer services, and advocate for young children and their families. If you would like to learn more about our guests or our organization, visit BUILD's website at www.buildinitiative.org. I'm Karen Ponder. Thanks for joining us today.